the geese the podcast where uh, we watch movies so that you don't have to uh, as as always your two <laughs> fantastic co-hosts are here i am uh, pat de geese along and i'm with- scott the beauty <laughs> here for episode 30 yeah big 3-0 we made it this far freddy versus jason and uh, if you can't guess, <laughs> here's the pretty bland description on IMDb, but Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees return to terrorize the teenagers of Elm Street. Only this time, they're out to get each other, too. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. They're going to fight each other in this one. <laughs> well, what do you say? Hop right into this one. I, I I think we just hop into this one like the girl in the opening scene hopped into the lake, butt yeah. ass naked. Yep. <laughs> Boobs right off the bat. One of the one of the important bees. That was nice. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, within the first couple of minutes, I mean, obviously she's, uh, yeah, she's doing her thing. She's looking for her, uh, I guess boyfriend to go skinny dipping with and she just yeah just whips open her shirt takes it off there jumps in the lake you can you get you get a definite view of her boobs there and then you get a top you get a top view as she's swimming in the lake and uh for some reason she freaks out and jumps out of the lake and starts grabbing her clothes and she puts her shirt on nothing else but she puts her shirt back on haphazardly because uh, she feels that she's apparently being watched, which turns out uh, Jason is there. And uh, she's running through the running through the woods, as horny teenagers at Camp Crystal Lake seem to do. Classic. And uh, she gets to a clearing, she stops, and she kind of hears... Twigs, sticks breaking around her as she is standing there kind of freaking out with her shirt half buttoned now. She's only got one boob hanging out at this point. And uh, she kind of backs up. She bumps into something. And it's a tree. So she kind of gets a look of relief on her face as she turns around to walk away. She turns, walks around the tree. Guess who's there? <laughs> Good old Jason Voorhees. Stabs her with his gigantic machete, which it's gone from like the size of a machete to the size of a pretty much a sword at this point. Yeah, it goes through her and through an entire tree, sticking out a foot the other side approximately. So it's Yeah. <laughs> so here we are, five minutes into the movie. We have the three B's covered already. Yeah, good start. Good start. And then it gets a little freaky, right? This uh, dead lady's pinned to a tree by a machete. Starts kind of morphing into uh, <laughs> other, I guess, I guess, past victims of Jason. Eventually, uh, he starts hearing his mother speaking. You know, she's telling him, hey, uh, you, you got to go to Elm Street, make the children there, you know, remember what fear is like. Yep. Needless to say that Jason is having this vision in hell. And he's being convinced to 
bring back the fear in kids by Freddy Krueger, who apparently is powerless now that people forgot him, so he's just trapped in hell. Yeah, turns out it's a, it's it's kind of a setup. Freddy's manipulating Jason quite a bit. They also they also have like a recap of uh, you know Freddy's backstory as well. I guess I didn't remember that he was a child serial killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how that's why he was killed in the first place. Yeah, they they covered that yeah quite a bit in in the the whole Nightmare on Elm Street series. Yeah, it's been so long. Like I remember, I, I remember the townsfolk burned him alive. I just didn't remember why. Like at least Jason, there's a there's a hint of sympathy for Jason because he like drowned as a child, but like <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> Freddy's just a child serial killer. He's he's just like a psychopath. <laughs> right, but they had vigilante justice, and he came back to wreak havoc on the, the vigilantes. Yeah, so that's... their children. That's the basic setup. Freddy is uh, using Jason to head to Elm Street to, to bring the fear back to town so Freddy can like regain his powers because he's he's virtually helpless at this point. They Yeah, they, they did not even use the best part of they but they used some scenes from Nightmare on Elm Street 3 but they did not use the Dokken theme song from Nightmare on Elm Street 3 when they were going through the flashback of all of the different things going on in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies <laughs> I'll take your word for it it's been so long since I've seen those I remember virtually nothing <laughs> Yeah I just remember him very clearly from childhood and watching Nightmare on Elm Street 3 after videotaping it off of one of the uh, network channels, uh, a late night movie on a network channel, and watching it over and over and over again, how he took uh, one of the kids, took all his ligaments and tendons and used it like a marionette and had him up on the edge of an asylum and then cut the cut the cord, needless to say, so the kid fell to his death. <laughs> from there so i don't remember if i mean i know that's that's the that's the number of the movie that lawrence fishburne is in but i don't remember if it was lawrence fishburne that that happened to or not i don't believe it was i can't help you there man <laughs> maybe we'll hit that uh, series eventually not today so yeah now we get to uh yeah current time current day Back in 2003, with a, a small uh, set of girls having a little house party. Yeah, on Elm Street. Of course. Well, they they can't not be on Elm Street. That's where Freddy needs to be. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. So they're sitting there having their discussions about stupid high school drama bullshit that normally would happen at a little small gathering like that when two guys show up and uh i don't even know their names in the <laughs> again oh one of them was trey and that one the guy with the flask was blake okay so yeah blake i think you're and, right blake and trey blake and trey <laughs> i barely remember too because i assumed well i don't want to give too much away i assumed this whole group would just be slaughtered instantly they lived a lot longer than I expected. Yeah, um, there, there was, there was definitely some, 
there, there's definitely some slow moving to this compared to, uh, I guess, com- compared to the other Friday the 13th movies. And, and I'll give you my theory on that at, at the end once we're done with this recap. Because sure, we can, we can save it for then. Anyway, uh, yeah. Blake and Trey, yeah, they crashed the party. Well, uh, some yeah. of the gals are none too thrilled. Let's see. Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child, she played Kia. The other girl, I believe, was named was Kim. And uh, the main character, I don't remember her name. Lori. Okay, Lori. And then, yeah, Blake and Trey. And they're apparently waiting on another person to show up who does show up later on. Uh, but uh, Kim and Trey are dancing in in the main living room and every and uh blake is trying to get with laurie pretty very very unsuccessfully uh doesn't look like he's really got much game even back in 2003 but at this point uh kim kimmy and trey decide that they're gonna uh, go upstairs and get it on which as we've come up with the theory of already that does nothing but piss Jason off. Yeah, he, he's as, a walking cock block. As, as Kimmy is uh, sitting in the window smoking, and she flicks her cigarette out the window to put it out, and uh, it hits Jason's mask as he's standing there. And uh, so they go upstairs and get it on. And I'll tell you what, uh, after they're laying in their, in their post-coital uh, uh, cuddling there, that dude had more chest hair than anybody I've ever seen. That's supposed to be a high schooler. Trey was a pretty hairy dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> he also needs to get dumped. Like he's yeah. He I needs forget to his have... line, but his line was something like, "Hey, don't make me ask you twice." When he's trying to get her to go upstairs with him, it was something like that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know how much I hate when you touch me when we're done. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So she just is like, okay, fine, I'm just gonna go shower. So, which is probably better for her because she got to live a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. While she's in the showering off, right? Jason appears in the bedroom. Uh, uh, Trey tries to escape, doesn't get very far. He rolls over about a foot, trying to run the other way. Gets like stabbed in the back about a dozen times through the bed. Yeah, if you've seen Lord of the Rings, it was basically what happens when the ring wraiths go in, into the into Hobbit Town there and yeah. starts to. But but he, Jason didn't miss, unlike the ring wraiths. Yeah, Jason actually hit home, and uh, to the point where like the guts were shooting out the bottom of the bed. And then which... the best part is he tripped the bed, so it collapsed in on itself, <laughs> squishing Trey. Uh, Basically, heels to the back of his head. Yes, yeah, kind of snaps him in half. And he was still still a little bit kicking at that point, but uh, not for long. <laughs> and then so, it's, uh, yep. Kimmy, Kimmy hears something going on, so she gets out of the shower and, and dries off a little bit and decides that she's going to look and see what's going on. And as she's about to open up the bathroom door, there's a, just a torrent of blood that comes underneath the door, she doesn't know what she's now stepping in because uh, she looks down, sees its blood, opens up the bathroom door, sees Trey squished in his bed there, 
starts freaking out. They all run out into the street. Blake and Lori and Kimmy and Kia all run out into the street. Kimmy doesn't even put on her clothes. She runs out there in the towel, uh, which they happen to actually just about get run over by a police officer at that point. Yeah, it was a convenient timing. Yeah. The police uh, officer was played by Lachlan Monroe, who has been uh, in lots of different movies. Uh, <laughs> he's a very, very recognizable face, especially for the early 2000s like that. Yeah, he's another one of those guys. I never would have known his name, but yeah, he's a, you know, he's a, a, a side character in a lot of stuff I've seen before. I believe he was actually in the first scary movie as well. I know he was in White Chicks with the Wayans brothers. (laughs) Not surprising. (laughs) He also played law enforcement in in that movie. He played an I was going to say, I remembered him previously as law enforcement. Like, I don't know if he's, (laughs) that's just his fitting role as like a dopey law enforcement guy or what? (laughs) Cop face. Yeah, he's got cop face. Yeah, they take him, they take him, they, or he takes the kids down to the police station where uh, <laughs> the cops, the cops at least are well versed on the rules of Freddy Krueger. Because they've, <laughs> they've done a good job of covering up anything to deal with Freddy Krueger, just so everybody forgets. Yeah, but this officer is new to town. He has no idea anything existed about freddy krueger so he makes the mention he hears them talking about freddy and he tries to get more information and they don't even want to mention his name because mentioning his name gives him strength and if you say his name three times in the mirror he'll appear like beetlejuice (laughs) or candy man (laughs) yeah or the candy man (laughs) yeah which is weird like I mean, good on the cops. <laughs> they try to cover it up. Like, this is one time a police cover-up would have actually probably been in everyone's, uh, you know, best interest. Best, yeah, <laughs> best interest would definitely be the, the the proper term for that, yes. But they fail because I forget who even says it. Like, somebody says Freddy. And, and Lori, uh, yeah, Lori hears it, and she's trying to remember the name. And she happens to fall asleep. Right as she remembers the name, Freddy. She doesn't even remember his last name. It's just she knows Freddy. Yeah. And, of course, as, as soon as she falls asleep, she enters. Is there official name in, uh, like, Nightmare on Elm Street lore? Is this just, like, the dream world, the dream realm? Uh, I don't want to. I, I I don't know of any official name, so I would definitely agree that the dream realm is is a good term as any. Yeah, we can go with that, and our thousands of Nightmare on Elm Street fans can correct us online if we're effing this up. <laughs> I mean, I know if, if they ever find this, they'll definitely correct anything that we slightly miss on that. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's so, the internet. Yeah. Gotta Lori's, have that Lori uh, awakes in the dream realm, of course, not knowing exactly what it is. She's, she thinks she's still in the police station, but there's like just a little girl you know, she goes to comfort the little girl, kind of taps her on the shoulder. She turns around. Her eyes have been cut out. And, uh, you know, Freddy starts essentially playing with her. Yep. She says, he comes to you and gets you in your sleep. And then she starts the little rhyme. Yep. That, yep. 
the the count to eight rhyme that everybody that's in every single Nightmare on Elm Street movie. <laughs> and then uh, you know it gets right to the end, and uh, like Freddy does a little face jump scare right in her face. Uh, she wakes up, so he's still he can't kill you just yet, but uh, he's he's scaring the hell out of these little kids to to amp his power up. Yep, and at this point they cut to. Blake. Weston Weston Hills Asylum, I think it's called. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they're talking about this drug called Hypnosil. And this guy wants them to take their Hypnosil so he doesn't have to deal with their nightmares. And that's when uh was it Will and Mark? Yep, I Will and Mark. Again, to Mark is very uh very recognizable face, but not not anybody that you could probably name. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And uh, I don't know that I've ever seen the guy who played Will in anything else, but no, definitely uh, 2003 teenage heartthrob or early 20s heartthrob for the ladies because that's the only time that that's the only time they would go see it. Yeah, he dr- looks like he was uh, maybe uh, got offered the role and a party of five or something and <laughs> didn't quite make it <laughs> late nineties Fox sitcom. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Not even sitcom drama, drama series, yeah, teen drama. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they're, they're getting their pills. Will notices the news story on the, on the TV. <laughs> like, I guess there's a news TV behind the pill counter. He sees the murder from Elm street of Trey and he, uh, he wants to know more, right? Like he's got some ties to this, which again, I is there any sort of ties to a previous Nightmare on Elm Streets with these characters that you're aware of? Not anything that had to do with any of the other movies. They did mention um, in the opening scene where the three girls were talking about how um, Lori needs to find a new guy to hook up with because the love of her life will has disappeared and never uh, never spoken to her again. Um, but she knows, Lori knows he's out there somewhere, but and is, is ap- apparently waiting for him, uh, which we've now found him in Weston Hills. <laughs> he's out there somewhere in Weston Hills, which I did, I did notice on the sidebar of Amazon, that's apparently also uh, uh, Freddie's birthplace, is Weston Hills Psychiatric Hospital. Okay, that I don't know was ever mentioned in any of the movies either, but I, I could I could be wrong. I, it's been a long time since I've seen... I don't even know that I've seen all of them. Yeah, sure. Just side info for the fans out there. But, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Wills tells Mark that they need to get out of there. They need to uh, go make sure that Lori... Cause he knows that Lori lives in that house and he saw the house in the news. So they have to make sure that she's okay. So Mark does not take his hypnosil and they start uh, acting up. And then uh, once the, the orderly decides that he's going to uh, essentially sedate, he's decides to sedate Mark, drag him back to his room to strap him to his bed and will Jumps him and beats the crap out of him, locks him, steals his keys, locks him in the room. 
they take off in i guess in i don't know if it's the the orderly that they that they locked in the room if it's his van but uh yeah uh it turns out that they are all from the same town so they get back into town uh at this point i think will runs into freddie in the middle of the street and freddie like elongates into this gigantic shadow monster and tries to kill him and understands that he's still not powerful enough yet to kill him to kill anyone jason needs to do more work to spread more fear yep he tries this and this is uh well no i think that was i think that was flask guy because they at some point they cut to a flask guy is uh is trey's like best bud He's stressed out. He also knows the name Freddy, and he wants to, like, get revenge on Freddy. But uh, ends up in the dream realm, apparently. Like, he sees... I think he sees the Freddy shadow, but Freddy can't kill him. Then he wakes up immediately, and he's sitting next to his dad. Like, on a bench outside. His dad's got this, like, dumb look on his face. (laughs) Again, just wrong... wrong, uh... Again, well, they're a bunch of generic teens with generic teen names. Wrong generic teen character, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He wakes up sitting next to his dad, looks over. His dad, his dad's head has uh, been cut off, separated from his body, falls into Blake's lap. He catches it, like, gets up stunned, you know, uh, freaks out, kind of turns around. Jason's right there. Jason paints the walls red with Blake's blood. So... Yep, cuts through the dad's head again. Yes. <laughs> and through Blake. Yeah. So, get more fear. Freddy couldn't kill Blake in the dream realm, but uh, Jason finished the job off. Amping up the fear, which uh, works pretty well, because then they cut to the next day. It's like Lori, Kia, and Kim. They're back at school already. Like, where's the grief counseling here? <laughs> it's 2003. There was no grief counseling. That's true. And, uh, you know, they, they probably should not be there because they're, like, uh, screaming. Like, they're getting into, you know, yelling fights because, you know, people are... It's the it's the new gossip in town. You know, like, Lori's crying in the hallway. Uh, like, in the middle of a busy hallway with the entire school watching. Eventually, Mark, Mark and Will show up, who <laughs> escaped mental patients. <laughs> They, I think they have good intentions here. They want to help. Uh, completely backfires because Mark essentially just shouts the Freddy Krueger legend to the uh, entire class. <laughs> like, great job, fellas! Like, <laughs> yeah, that's where you. That's where we run into Linderman as well, who again was played by Christopher something. Again, recognizable face, but not name. Yeah. Uh, he was in what fanboys? Um, he's in another movie with Ryan Reynolds where he played Ryan Reynolds' younger brother. Yeah, Just he's... Friends. That's the name of it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so yeah, Mark Mark shouts out to the whole hallway. It's Freddy Krueger is doing this. He's gonna kill you, <laughs> like in your dreams. <laughs> and it does start happening. Like he. Uh, I don't remember where Kia is, like sitting outside detention or something. But she's she's in like I think in like the nurses because Lori passes out. 
Oh yeah, yeah, right. And the the principal comes up, so Mark and uh, Will have to run away because they're escaped mental patients. They can't be, they can't just randomly walk into a school, you know, because they schools frown upon that these days. <laughs> certainly, yeah, certainly nowadays. Back then, you probably just needed a hall pass. <laughs> Get a if you're an escape mental patient, yeah, get a hall pass at the office. But yeah, now they just no one but students and faculty in the schools. So yeah. So Lori ends up in the nurse's office. Yeah, Kia is there looking through a magazine when suddenly she's at she starts asking the nurse about whether they put you under general anesthesia or not for a nose job. And uh Freddie appears and is like, oh, how about this for a nose job? And sticks his talons into her nose and just basically rips it off. And, of course, she wakes up screaming, of course, because in her dream, which is extremely real to her, her nose has just been ripped off. And uh, Kimmy is there and is like, Kia, you know, essentially wakes her up and like, you're, you're in the nurse's office. And she throws the magazine down <laughs> and then i think they cut right to uh will and mark go to the library <laughs> or i think it's a library or it's some sort of information center they're doing a little research right they're trying to figure out uh, you know history of the area more on freddy krueger they do eventually piece together Pretty quickly, how Freddy's powers work as well. They're like, oh, it's you know, it's based on fear. They've been trying to hide it, so you know, so none of us talk about this. That's why we've been locked in this mental institution. They don't let us talk to anyone on the outside. It's because it'll bring Freddy bra back to life. Don't you think it's weird? We haven't been able to call our friends. Yeah, right, right. So they uh, they figure that out. Then they just uh, cut to them hiding in a van, which is. This, it's one of those sweet, like, 70s fantasy paint jobs on the side of the van. It's, like, got a topless barbarian chick, like, fighting a giant snake. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, all shag walls on the inside. Like, it is a pretty awesome van, but, uh, like, not if you're trying to be inconspicuous. <laughs> some some Boris Vallejo art on the outside. Yeah, yeah, perfect. That kind of stuff. I Like, I drive that van around, man. Who wouldn't? Yeah. And, uh, like, Mark Mark wants to skip town. Will does not. Like, Will wants to help his, uh, I get, ex-girlfriend. You know, still a little spark there, Lori. You know, he wants to help save her from Freddy. So uh, they decide to, to stick around. So they take the, the titty mobile to go find Lori. And uh, who's, who's decided that rather than sleep, she would prefer to go to a gigantic field party. Yeah, classic Midwest, like, cornfield rager, right? This one's off the chains, though. Is that what the young people say these days? On fleek, off the yeah. hook, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, this one's mint, swell, dope, <laughs> radical. I don't know. It it's is a raging big party. party, fam. Yeah, like, like everybody's there. Like, it seems like the entire class is there. Even the people who's, you know... Friends just got murdered, and they they actually they say, you know, we'll we'll celebrate an otter of Trey. <laughs> they they invited Linderman, the nerdy guy. Yeah, even. even Linderman, and he does show up on his bicycle. <laughs> and if yeah, of course, you know, all the students there at the party, they're 
they're starting to talk about Freddy Krueger, right? His plan is working. The uh, you know the legend is returning. A lot of them aren't quite afraid yet. You know, they're more just talking about it in a in a wacky way. But uh, it's not Freddy who crashes this party. It's it's Jason. Although Freddy does crash it in a minute here too. Oh, that's true. They, they do a little combo. Because Kimmy, who is apparently super tired and uh, likes to likes to smoke his smoke cigarettes, uh, hears the voice of Trey and sees his face in the cornfield. So she goes wandering off into the cornfield trying to chase down Trey, who for some reason is not walking like he got bent over backwards. But she can't catch up to him. Eventually, she just passes out. And uh, she gets transported to the dream realm where Freddy turns around, you know, basically tosses her off of, like, this third-story balcony, and she hits the ground. And, of course, she doesn't die because she's in the dream realm. But she is in she is in this hallway and decides to hide in, in one of the lockers there. So she hides in the locker. She's waiting. The door opens. Freddy is waiting outside, ready to to kill her. Reaches back his hand to stab her, and she disappears. Because in the real world, some guy's trying to uh, make out with passed out uh, passed out Kimmy. Yeah, and, some some like drunk EDM fan or something. Yeah, he has <laughs> glow sticks everywhere. Um, I think in in the credits, I think on IMDb his credits were like Sparkler or something like that. Okay, she, I mean, she can't consent, buddy. She's too drunk. He doesn't care, and it costs him. Yep, horny teenagers. Guess who shows up? Jason Voorhees has like this. I don't know what gigantic spear or something like that stabs through both Sparkler and Kimmy, killing them both, and just tosses Sparkler over his shoulder like he's just like a piece of paper. And Sparkler goes flying way out there and uh, basically ends up in the middle of the gigantic party. So everybody kind of starts freaking out. Jason trounces his way through the cornfield hacking up people that are that get in his way and uh one of the guys pours a bunch of alcohol on him and lights him on fire you think that would stop jason nope nope he continues to just plot after people slowly lighting the entire <laughs> lighting the entire cornfield that was a pretty fire. cool scene. It was like a, I'm sure it was. Oh no, your video's uh, gone for, again. Nope, you're back. Oh. <laughs> I was just gonna say that was a pretty cool scene where where the uh, they had like an aerial shot with Jason on fire chasing chasing one of the kids as he's as he's running, you know, lighting the cornfield on fire behind him as he runs. That was a pretty cool scene. Yeah, Jason doesn't run though. Jason just like stalks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He does. He doesn't move very quickly, but he ju- he just yeah. The whole thing is just lighting up behind him. And was it Linderman and uh, Will? Because Will has shown up to the party now, and he's kind of dancing with Lori. Linderman had showed up to the party, got 
beer bonged by somebody without even giving him a chance to drink any of the beer. Just basically gets an entire beer beer bong dumped on top of him. Uh, Ke- it's Kia, Lori, Linderman, a uh, stoner guy, which you find out his name is what, Freeberg. I think so. And, uh, and, and Will and Mark are in the van as they make their escape from Jason. Uh, now it seems that Freddy is going to be strong enough to kill. They drop everybody off at home. Will is outside of Lori's house. She said, decides she's going to go in the house now because uh, she's going to not go to sleep, but she wants to uh, <laughs> not be in the van with Will anymore. When Lori's dad, who apparently is a doctor, comes out of the house, like starts pounding on the, the passenger door of the van, telling her she needs to get out of there, so... Get stay away from Will. Will's telling her that her dad is the one who killed her mom. She needs to stay away from her dad. They have an argument there. Of course, Lori gets upset and runs in the house. Doesn't understand what is going on because she she knows about the legend of Freddy, but she doesn't understand why her dad, who works at Weston Hills as as the physician, sometimes did not tell her that Will was there, but <laughs> she also doesn't realize that she he was only doing it to protect her because he knows what was seen at um, at her house earlier. Right. So that's Parks and, and there's, Argument. And there's a, there's, a, there's a weird side drama a bit where, like, Lori's mom died in a car accident well, she thinks her mom died in a car accident, but her dad knows it was actually Freddy Krueger, but he's trying to cover it up because she can't know about Freddy Krueger because then she'll be afraid. And that comes up periodically. But And yeah, and Will saw the cover-up of the murder thinking that, and Will thinks that Lori's dad killed Lori's mom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And yeah, he's just trying to, you know, it's one of those things. He's trying to, uh, he's trying to protect her, ends up backfiring because, you know, lying to your kids and your kids find out they're just going to do the opposite thing you tell them they, you want them to do, even if it's in their best interest. So yeah, they, Lori and Will get the hell out of there and, uh, you know, leave her dad behind. I think this is when they cut to, uh, to Mark, Will's friend, Mark. And yep. uh, he's he's in the dream realm, obviously. You can tell because weird, spooky shit starts happening pretty pretty quickly. He's seeing stuff like his his dead brother. Yeah, his brother committed suicide. That's why he was in Weston Hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His brother killed himself, so he's seeing his like dead brother in a bathtub full of blood. Um, it starts to spook him out, like vines attached to his feet. Uh, Will and Lori. Will and Lori in the real world like show up to his house, but uh, unfortunately he's got bars in the windows. <laughs> <laughs> Little protection backfires again in this instance. They can see Mark like kind of getting. Uh, he first he gets lit on fire by Freddy, then he gets slashed up a little bit like on his face and stuff, and eventually Freddy cars carves Freddy's back into Mark's back. 
just to, uh, I guess, spread the word of terror. Yep, he he was. It looked like he was branded when he yeah, was burning. Basically. That's that's what it was. It's like he was branded with with Freddy's back on his torso, the backside of his torso. Yeah, yeah. Trying to trying to spread the legend, spook these kids out, and uh, I guess it it's slowly working. <laughs> it's pretty slowly working. Well, Freddy is now strong enough that he can kill somebody. Yeah. So it has definitely worked. And it, it, at this point, I think they go pick up Linderman and Freeberg and Kia, and they're all in. I don't. I don't even know what it would be, but it was some sort of cabin or someplace that was out of the way. The uh, the cop that first dis- that they ran into when they first discovered Trey's body has now gotten the legend of Freddy Krueger out of out of the other officers, who won't mention his name because it will bring it will call attention to to Freddy Krueger. But they told him the legend of what happened. He goes and finds the group of kids, and they're all worried about going to be busted about drinking and smoking <laughs> pot. And he's like, no, he's like, I'm here to help you guys deal with this whole Freddy Krueger thing. And that's when they start talking about the drug Hypnosil and how it suppresses their dreams. Yeah, and they have this brilliant plan. They're going to they're gonna break into uh, Weston Hills and uh, just get a bunch of Hypnosil so that they... Uh... They're essentially immune to Freddy at that point. Yep, they won't have dreams. They'll be able to sleep, but they won't have dreams. So Freddy can't invade their dreams anymore. Yeah, and they, uh, they so that's the plan. Even with the cop, <laughs> the cops on board for breaking and entering immediately after, uh, I guess, learning about the the Freddy legend. Well, they have a key, so it's not really breaking and entering. <laughs> <laughs> sure. They still have they still have the orderly's keys. Sure, that's true. And uh, so th- they get in there. It's a pretty wild facility, right? It's a pretty high tech facility. <laughs> They've got a uh, like a computer, you know, uh, monitoring area that looks like it's the equivalent of NASA, right? Just banks and banks of computer panels, giant windows overlooking the launch pad. I assume they have. Yeah. <laughs> they go in there. Uh, you know, they're like, well, no hypnosil in there. Let's look somewhere else. But uh, stoner guy thinks that's a good time to spark up. <laughs> so he's just like, yeah, I'll wait here and smoke some weed. Well, you guys, on, Linderman, still... let's let's have a little J time. Yeah, <laughs> not the best time, but you know, he was he was tweaking. He needed a he needed to mellow out. He needed his fix. Yeah, so the uh, the rest of the team goes off looking for Hypno still. He stays there, gets high. Uh, obviously, does not work out for him. Well, it's, Falls it's, asleep. It's Linderman, the cop, and Freeberg are looking in one spot, and then Will, Kia, and Lori are looking in another spot. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, have, they have now split up, which is even less safe in one of these movies. Not to mention that there have been multiple instances of, uh, you know, thunder and lightning happening throughout throughout the movie too. Because of course, everything like this has to happen in a in a thunderstorm. Yeah, of course, of course. But yes, Lin, uh, Freeberg decides he's going to smoke up. Uh, yes, yeah, leans up against the the console there, 
and uh, sees this weird centipede looking creature come in that in turn pulls out a hookah takes a big hit off of a hookah and blows it in his face which apparently now makes him even more stoned as linderman and the cop are going downstairs uh the security guard of the facility has not has heard something pounding on the doors so he's gone to figure out what is going on goes up to the door and all you hear is a gunshot, and you see Linderman and uh, the cop in the stairwell. Then it cuts back to the door where the security guard was. The door has been busted in off of its hinges, has smashed the, the security guard into the floor because Jason and his supernatural uh, strength have show, has shown up now to Weston Hills. <laughs> and in, uh, back, in the, back in the dream realm like weird caterpillar centipede thing kind of uh, gets the drop on stoner guy, like crawls down his throat, which causes him to essentially be possessed by Freddy. His body is now controlled by Freddy in the real world. And he, uh, <laughs> he, he gets the hypnosil and just starts dumping it down the sink. Yep. I guess Freddy knows, Freddy knows the plan too, and he's going to foil it. So the guy's just taking bottles and bottles of pills, dumping them down all the sink, uh, in the sink. One of the groups gets there. I don't remember which one. They but they get there too late. I think it was Will and Lori and Kia. Yeah, I think you're right. They they get there too late to save any of the pills. Uh, you know, they get in the room, find out all the bottles are empty. Jason, unfortunately, is right behind them, so they take off running. They uh you know, meet up with stoner guy in the hallway, but uh, they can tell something ain't quite right about him. He's going <laughs> to, he he just says like, I forget what he says, but he, he wants to just stay there and take on Jason in some weird voice. Yeah, he says, I'll handle this bitch or something like that. Yeah. So possessed by Freddy, he like grabs some uh, syringes of something or other. Some Definitely tranquilizers. Yeah. Yeah, tranquilizer, sedative, something like that. Yeah, something to knock out Jason, to send him, actually. Freddy has the brilliant idea to send him into the dream realm so he can uh, he can take care of Jason in the dream realm because now Jason is stalking the kids that he wants to kill. Yeah, yeah, he's strong enough to kill him in the dream realm. Now Jason's just uh, uh, mowing his lawn, essentially, like <laughs> intercepting all his kills. So, yeah. Uh, uh, possessed stoner guy has a couple of syringes of tranquilizers behind his back, just stands there waiting for Jason who uh, walks right up to him. He does jab him on each side of the neck, fully injects him. Uh, Jason's alive or up long enough to slice him in half at the waist <laughs> with one good machete blow. Uh, then goes down pretty fast after that, just falls over out. He's unconscious. Yep, so then they come up with the brilliant idea that they're going to duct tape Jason. <laughs> and uh, they're going to bring... They found out that... Uh, Jason is afraid... Freddy's afraid of fire. Jason's afraid of water. Um, because Jason, of course, is a child drowned. Freddy was burned to death. So they're trying to use their fears against them now instead of just being afraid of freddy 
So they come up with a brilliant idea to wrap Jason up in duct tape to bring him to Crystal Lake. <laughs> which I didn't know Elm Street was anywhere near Crystal Lake, but apparently they are close enough to drive. Well, and that was <laughs> a shag and wagon too. Yeah, that was on the sidebar too. They said, you know, based on best estimates where these two cities are, it's like a seven hour drive, which they don't accurately portray in the film. <laughs> but, you know, our, our we've suspended our uh, disbelief quite a bit already at this point. Well, I mean, we're watching a guy who's burned to a crisp who's only haunts people in their dreams and a supernatural guy who murders people with a machete wearing a hockey mask so yeah i would say we've suspended our disbelief pretty well so far yeah we don't need to like an accurate travel time sequence (laughs) they're paying tolls and stuff as they drive (laughs) to crystal lake (laughs) who's got change anybody Yeah, so uh, Jason's yeah Jason's knocked out by the tranquilizers. These two things are kind of happening simultaneously. He's being driven in the van to Crystal Lake. He's also uh, finds himself in the dream realm. He's in yep. the dream realm. His nightmare is essentially his mother starts chewing him out, like she's disappointed in him. Uh, quickly turns into Freddy, and we get our first essentially Freddy versus Jason. The whole point of this thing. Yep. And it, uh, it, it, I guess it starts off briefly in Jason's favor. Uh, Freddy tries to take a swipe at him with the claws. Jason uh, chops his arm off, then chops his other arm off. But uh, of course, this is the dream realm. So Freddy's in control. Uh, he just grows him back. Then kind of starts. <laughs> kind of reminded me of the fight Monty Python and the Holy Grail against the Black Knight. Yeah, that's what the yeah the severed limbs kind of look like. That <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just immediately chops his arm off, and then he's like, "Ha ha, oh, you got my arm!" And then he just chops his other arm off. He's like, "Oh, okay, well, watch this. I can just bring him back right instantly." Yeah, he just sprouts new ones in about a second, and then starts taking it to Jason. He almost it almost looked like he had the force. Like imagine Freddy using the force because <laughs> he's just he's like he's use it to launch jason's machete at him like launch bricks at him he uh tosses yeah yeah he he tosses uh jason you know back and forth smashing him into walls and stuff with his hand you know guiding everything it really looks like darth kruger which i guess is you know it's similar in a dream realm it looks exactly the same as a as a force sequence but uh that's what i kept thinking of was darth vader We've already suspended our disbelief enough. <laughs> yeah, why not add the force to this one? Eventually he does, yeah, he does get Jason's machete in, you know, like, it, it is, he has been stabbed with his own machete, and Freddy starts throwing all these bricks and stuff, hitting the machete, and, yeah, they, they, event, Lori's plan is to also be injected with his tranquilizer, so that she will go into the dream realm, but they are going to only let her be in there for 15 minutes, and then she is going to wake back up and bring Freddy back into the real world with her. Yeah, so that uh, Jason, I guess, actually has a chance of of killing him. They want the two to basically eliminate each other. Yeah, they they definitely want those two to fight it out, because, uh, well... 
Jason can't die, but they're bringing him to Crystal Lake to to re-anchor him to the bottom of the lake. And Freddy can only either be forgotten about and become powerless or die in the in the physical world. So that's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, so she uh, she enters the dream realm, you know, as they're fighting, kind of trying to think of a way to uh, to grab him at the end of her 15 minutes. Um, it's it's a decent fight sequence. There's a point like Jason gets crushed by some giant like steel container thing or, you know, but he can't die even in the dream realm. He can't really die because Freddie is slicing him up pretty damn good. Uh, eventually what happens is Freddie figures out Jason's fear of water. Yeah, because, the, yeah, there's like a water leak and Jason's on one side and Freddie's on the other and Jason won't continue the fight. And then Freddie just makes it rain, essentially. <laughs> Once he knows Jason's afraid of water, he just uh, causes it to essentially downpour, which is odd because... I guess maybe this is how it works in the dream realm, but uh, generally Jason does his best killing in a thunderstorm. <laughs> right? You would think if he was that afraid of water, he wouldn't be out in a thunderstorm. Yeah. Right. You would think so. But uh, I think we're getting close to where... At this point, they crash the van. Yeah, Jason. Jason wakes up somehow. I forget how he wakes up. Well, they were almost out of tranquilizer... Oh, that's probably all it was, yeah. When when they were when they were driving out there, when they put Lori under, they were almost out of tranquilizer the way it was. Because they were saying they weren't sure if they would have enough to get there. Yeah, so they probably just ran out of tranks and then uh Jason woke up at an in, inopportune time, causes some chaos in the van, which causes it to uh, like lose control, flips onto its side, Jason gets like tossed through the windshield like <laughs> Like a hundred yards or something. <laughs> doesn't hurt him. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt him. It's enough to make him uh, not a threat for a few more minutes to, to give your uh, your main surviving characters enough time to to come to you know to gather like, their senses. Yeah, yeah. To, to to get to get to one of the cabins on Crystal Lake. Yeah, they're See, close enough got, where they can just carry Lori there. You got Cop. You got Will. You've got Linderman. You've got uh, Kia and Lori, who is tranquilized, and she's out cold. They're they're trying to wake her up in one of the cabins, uh, and they see Jason approaching the cabins and start freaking out. And uh, I, all I somebody, know is, I forget who it is. Like somebody like has the brilliant idea to just dump gas all over the place and light the cabin on fire. I forget which one of them it was, but <laughs> that's the brilliant plan. It might have been uh, nerdy guy, Lindegren. I think it was him. <laughs> so, yeah, so they can deal with Freddy once he gets there. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're doing it. They, Jason's in there. Uh, Will is trying to, you know, protect Lori's unconscious body. Lindegren decides to... Uh, uh, I. Lindegren and Kia both decide to just go one-on-one you know, -on -one with Jason, or I guess two-on-one. Uh, Lindegren tries to stab him with, like, a flagpole, I think. Yeah, he's, he's pushing him with a flagpole, because they, they had... What did, something trapped Jason, and, and, they, and he was kind of just kind of stuck in a spot for a minute. And, yeah, he was trying to, put, he was trying to push him 
away with a flagpole and Jason just like shoves him across the room because he threw he threw Kia across the room and she like crashed into the corner and he threw Linderman across the room and apparently he hit one of the uh, closet like rack spikes or whatever and uh, he got impaled pretty good. Yeah, they don't really show he does he doesn't die instantly from that, but as they uh eventually get Lori awake and she brings Freddie back, um Will has taken a machete hack to the ribs. Um not dead, of course, but but definitely uh injured. Kia and Linderman get out of there. The cop ends up just getting murdered and uh linderman is they they're he he's tried he tried to save kia that's how he got uh that's that's how he got thrown into the wall and and impaled himself on that so linderman was always hated by kia until he tried to save her from jason then she helped him out of there Leaves him up against the tree, and he's just like, "Hey, you know, go go get help. I'll be fine. I'll be waiting right here for you." And she's like, "Well, you're you're hurt. You know, are you sure you're okay? Come on, we can go." He's like, "No, no, no. Don't worry about it. You you can go faster by yourself. And you know, I'll I'll be waiting right here for you to get back. And I'll be I'll be fine." So she takes off, and then they show him uh, that he's bleeding way worse than was ever shown on the outside. Um, yeah, and he dies. He dies. He just he's staring. He's he's staring at her ass as she runs away, and he dies staring at her ass. Yeah, leaning up against a tree trunk, and uh, it's it's good to know he did not die a virgin, as they uh, clarified earlier. He had purchased a prostitute before. <laughs> <laughs> so good for you, Linderman. <laughs> yeah, once once Lori uh, managed to uh, get out of the dream world with Freddy. And the only way it happened was her hand got burned in the fire, like in, in the real world burning thing. That was enough to wake her up. She grabbed Freddy right then. He appears in the real world with Jason. And uh, now it's on. Round two. Yep. Chases him out. He, Lori and Will run out to the dock. They see Kia there. They're kind of yelling for Kia to... to do something, whatever. Jason's all of a sudden there and just hacks her. <laughs> She's dead. Yeah, he snuck up on her. She was. <laughs> she did use a nice uh, homophobic slur on Freddie and also questioned his manhood. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. And, and yeah. then yeah, <laughs> then got slashed in the back by Jason. So you know. Yep. Jason and Freddie's just like, huh? Yeah, you think you're okay? Look behind you. I'm not going to kill you. That yep. guy is going to kill you. Yeah. Slash, slashed pretty good. Because I think it was a machete slash, but which had the effect of knocking her like 40 feet into a tree and just kind of mangling her entire body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jason's supernatural strength on, on that machete hack. Yeah. Now it's on. They go to town. They go to town on each other. This is a pretty fun sequence. Like, again, Jason is... As you'd expect, too big and powerful, mostly, for uh, Freddy's little little finger knives. So Freddy's slashing him, but it doesn't do a ton of damage. 
until he like he like gets tossed next. Freddie gets tossed next to like just a rack of compressed air cylinders, <laughs> and he starts chopping the valves off one by one, which turns them into like little missiles, kind of. <laughs> and he's shooting them at Jason. <laughs> And he, he misses with most of them, but he, he connects with one or two, which, of course, like, knocks him to the ground, you know, backs him the fuck up. Then he, uh, like, dumps, like, from elevation, dumps a pile of rebar onto him, which sort of pins him in place. Yep, impales then, him multiple times, yeah, pinning him in place. Yeah, yeah, then he's about to, like, roll this, like, giant-ass uh, trolley or whatever full of sand and, and crush him, essentially, but it gets stuck. Like, a, yeah, he, like a mining cart. It's like yeah, a like, mining cart, and, yeah, he pushes it down, it starts going down the ramp, because Jason is pinned in front of the ramp, but two feet down the ramp, it runs into the side, there's, like, a notch carved out of the side, and the wheel jams itself in there, and Freddy is not strong enough in the real world to move a gigantic <laughs> mining cart full of sand or rock or whatever enough to uh, get it to roll the rest of the way down the tracks. Yeah, yeah. At this point, like in, in uh, role-playing terms, we would say Freddie rolled a crit miss here <laughs> because not only does that happen, he then like, <laughs> he like falls off the side of this elevated platform and like gets his leg tangled in some ropes. So he's just sort of hanging dangling upside down swinging around which yeah uh, he, he had he had also uh yeah he had also off of that there was like a like a gigantic bucket for mining or whatever that he had um he had sent after jason and it had bounced off of jason a couple of times and at this point now yeah he falls gets his foot caught in there jason has uh essentially snapped to the rebar that was impaling him in half and pulled the pieces out of him so that he can move freely again. Yeah. And they, uh, uh, so the fight continues, you know, Freddie was sticking it to Jason. Now the tables turn a little bit. Jason's kind of slashing the shit out of him, you know, punching. They, uh, they make their way onto the docks of, of camp crystal Lake. Um, <clears throat> Freddy's beat the fuck up. Jason, it looks like he's about to deliver the death blow when Freddy slashes just like his fingers that are gripping the handle of the machete, <laughs> causing Jason to drop it. Jason looks kind of stunned. He just sort of looks at his fingerless hand and uh, Freddy grabs the machete, which is, uh oh, that's a little, that's a little personal now. That's like, that's like if, Hellspont got a hold of Grifter's VAD PP30s. <laughs> That's like if... <laughs> I don't know what else. That's like if uh, Han Solo stole Darth Vader's lightsaber. <laughs> like, now it's personal. Now you're getting mad. <laughs> but, like, while this fight is going on and these two are distracted, uh, Lori and Will kind of guess... I guess they get take the uh, the boat gas nozzle the marine gas nozzle just start drenching the docks <laughs> while these two are fighting and distracted and uh, just soaking it with gasoline. And uh, I forget, they, they might just ignite it right away, right? <laughs> they, there's a second thing that they ignite as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. They dump it all over. It's like it's like a giant propane tank or maybe just the the, the main fuel storage. I forget which. 
Yeah, because there, yeah, there's a big gas tank right next to it too. That yeah, that they also drenched the dock and the gas tank. Looked like Zoolander having a gasoline fight. Yeah, that's it's basically what it was. They drench everything as these two are fighting. Uh, you know, they ignite the thing. There's this huge explosion. Both Freddy and Jason get tossed into the lake. You know, are you thinking, are they done? Was this it? Maybe. No, of course not. Nope. Nope. The uh, the, the the heroes are trying to gather their composure. Uh, while they're kind of getting back up from this giant explosion, the you know the burned and bloody body of Jason. No, it's it's Freddy, right? Freddy comes out, but holding the machete. <laughs> yep. Freddy comes out holding the machete. He's you know holding it over their heads, about to kill them. Then Jason punches through or thrusts through Freddy's torso with the uh, finger knives gloves. I don't even know. That's probably got a name, too, that I'm pissing off Freddy with, fans with. Yeah, with Freddy's glove. Freddy's glove. And they uh, they kind of embrace, turn to embrace each other at this point. It's almost like a death of Superman moment. <laughs> like, Freddy's just been impaled with his own gloves. He then, you know, runs Jason through with Jason's machete, and they, uh, they're tumble dead. Tumble into the water. Yeah, tumble into the water. <laughs> they cut to, uh, what? And actually, Jason tumbles into the water, uh, Lori grabs the machete, then decapitates Freddy with it. His head falls into the water. You think that's the end? You know, she throws the machete into the water, which you might think is a bad idea. That'll just make him easy, make it easy for Jason to find it later. Uh, they walk away. The heroes walk away as the camp burns. Cut to like the next morning. Jason emerges from the lake, uh, holding Freddy's still alive severed head, which kind of laughs. Roll credits. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know, where to begin after this one? Did it did it live up to the hype? We've mentioned in previous ones, they uh, they apparently had this movie in the works for, I don't know, five to ten years or something, a long time. Well, Jason Goes to Hell, with the final scene of Freddy pulling the mask down, was in 1993. This came out in 2003. Okay, so yeah, probably so over a decade. They had multiple... Well, actually, I know they had at least one Nightmare on Elm Street movie between them. And they had one Friday the 13th, but that one also, or I guess Jason X. But that one didn't have anything to do with any of the storyline either. So, like, neither of the movies that they came out with in the means of between this Jason Goes to Hell, where they first, um, I guess, teased this movie and when this movie came out neither of them came out with anything in between there so i would i mean i'm guessing that they probably had trouble coming up with a good script and i still think they had trouble coming up with a good script <laughs> yeah it was probably originally supposed to come out in like 95 and yeah they they the script struggled for sure this was uh i mean I, I I will say it was way more entertaining watching it this time than it was when I saw it way back in 2003 or 2004. 
Um, I, I just, I don't know. There just, there just wasn't anything really that caught, you know, I mean, there wasn't really anything that caught my attention with this movie. It, it was pretty lackluster. Yeah, a lot of it was. Even like, like the deaths. I thought there'd be, I don't know, better deaths of just your, you know, your average teenager getting killed. The the only ones I remember were like the uh, the first one in the bed where the guy got folded in half. Like uh, stoner guy getting cut in half was a decently gory one. The rest were just pretty vanilla, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the girl that got stabbed right away, like got that got pinned to the tree, there, and yeah, and. There just wasn't there just wasn't anything that really stood out even about this. I mean, it, it almost suffered from, in my opinion, too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, I I'll agree with that completely. You know, I mean, you you have you have Freddie, you have Jason, you have both of them trying to kill people. Uh, I definitely would say that, uh, and th- this is the theory that I was talking about with this too is. Freddy was definitely the villain in this movie. And Jason almost kind of is the hero. Yeah. Even though they're both supposed to be the villains or whatever. You know, I mean, they're supposed to be all the always the main characters. And everybody else is supposed to be a bunch of cast-offs that can be replaced in any any sequels or anything like that. But, you know, I mean, with, with Jason doing the killing that he was doing, but he was manipulated into it by Freddy... And then Freddie trying to kill Jason and Jason trying to, you know, Jason's just doing what Jason does when he's out there killing. You know, you knew what you were getting, but Freddie had the evil plot of, of, you know, manipulating Jason into killing and spreading his his fear so he would be more known so he could kill too. You know, obviously, in my opinion, made Freddie the villain of this movie. Freddie was the worst of the two. Yeah, I agree. I think they, well, and they, the uh, like the just the plot and the characters certainly focused on Freddy quite a bit more than Jason. It was yeah. uh, like the whole police force. It was mostly in uh, on Elm Street. I don't even know what town that is supposed to be in, but it was it mostly took place in that town with people talking about Freddy. Um, although Jason, like how many kills did Freddy get? It wasn't many. <laughs> uh, two. Yeah, it was not many. So Jason probably got ten times as many kills as Freddy did. Especially with that scene at the party. We glossed over that. But at at the Cornfield Rager, like Jason cut through about five just generic partying teens right there. <laughs> right. But I mean, again, you know, Freddy knew that Jason does what Jason does. Yeah. But still unleashed him anyway for his own personal gain. Which is which is why I think that he was the villain in in this movie. <clears throat> Again, I also think that it it was just I, I think it was a mistake to make this movie as well. Just because I mean, while it seems like it would be a good idea to have you know multiple mur you know serial murderers, multiple slasher. Uh, characters in in one movie it really was it it's a definitely it was definitely a struggle to have a coherent plot line yeah yeah it's one of those things that sounds really good on paper but uh, when you got to make a a good story with (laughs) 
with this to work with, it's it's probably hard to write that script and make it fun and, and sensical. Yeah, which is probably why this movie took 10 years to make. Yeah, that'd be my guess. And I would have liked them to be a little more buddy-buddy, at least at the beginning. Like, almost like Legolas and Gimli, where they're, like, keeping score. Friendly rivalry. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, they're stealing kills from each other and, like, that's 13, Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> Go back Jason and forth could talk. Way. Yeah. He learns sign language. <laughs> <laughs> they have sub, sub, subtitles at the bottom. Uh, there were a few, I took a few notes just of some interesting side things. Cause I like to pay attention to those. Um, Tommy Jarvis was supposed to be in this. According to the side notes played by Jason Bateman. <laughs> wow. And the, they say the script was just too long and he got cut out. So I don't know. I don't know how that would have worked, but you know, I'm a big, I'm well, I'm a casual Tommy Jarvis fan. I won't say big. Well, they could have they could have had him as a small character in uh, in Weston Hills. Yeah, that would have been fun. Have him in the mental institution. You know, they have a scene where the the crazy people from each uh, you know massacre are kind of going over their their fears, and the other one is like, "Man, you're nuts. No wonder you're in here." Something like that. <laughs> well, I mean, even like the the guy that played you know the guy that wanted to play. Uh, checkers with Mark, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I don't play checkers. Go get the Uno deck, and we'll play." Like that could have been Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, yep, for sure. I mean, honestly, that would have made a lot more sense. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> what else? I wrote a couple other ones down. Oh, Rob Zombie was offered the chance to direct this. He turned it down instead to do House of a Thousand Corpses. I can definitely see why. I mean, it it probably would have been a lot more gory had had Rob Zombie directed it, but when you have a chance to direct your own project, something you wrote, you know, I mean, why would you not? Yeah, for sure. I can see why he did that. I'd much rather do my own thing than, especially, you know, he might have read the script and just been like, "This is a this is a mashup nightmare here. I'll just work it, on my own movie." Yeah. Well, let, let me let me remake. Oh, you guys want me to direct Freddy vs. Jason? Now I'm going to direct my own movie, but then I'm also going to remake Halloween. Yeah. And uh, this is this is a big one. Uh, according to the side notes, Kane Hodder offered to play Jason again, but uh, the studio, New Line Cinema, they wanted someone taller. They wanted the height discrepancy between uh, Jason and Freddy to be as big as possible. So they just they picked a, a guy who was bigger and taller. So yeah. I know I know our uh, number one fan is a big Kane Hodder fan. If only he were taller. Yep. He he could have been in this one as well. Which yeah, did you I, notice? Did you notice the height discrepancy? I guess he was certainly larger. I guess he's he's definitely bulkier. I didn't really notice taller. I, I did notice he was taller, but I also think that was also a, a camera trick as well. Sure. Because a lot of times when they were uh, trying to show the uh, the massiveness and you know and and the hulking uh, physique of, of Jason Voorhees, they kind of shot him at an upwards angle. Yeah. Which will make him appear taller as well. Yeah. Yeah, they probably did that a lot. Lord of the Rings perfected that perspective <laughs> camera but work. It, 
I, I think I think this guy though too that that played Jason in this movie was like six five. So I mean he's pretty tall anyway. That's pretty good. On an unrelated tallness note, uh, <laughs> I was working at the comedy club in Duluth, and we had the uh, tallest woman in the United States come watch the show. <laughs> She's in Guinness Book of World Records as the tallest female in the U.S. All right. <laughs> That's... Not to sidetrack things, but she was really tall. Though I I believe it. She had to like duck down as she entered the doorway, and it uh, I don't know. She was at least at least a foot above me, and I'm six feet, so she was seven plus. Yeah. Anyway, um, usual questions. Do you have a favorite death and or character? Um, I. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the again, again, as usual, the characters are mediocre. The deaths, I'll go with actually I'll go with uh Sparkler was the the guy's name. Yeah, the guy who got tossed into the middle of the, the raging party from by Jason. Yeah, I'll go with him because he had like he had like a 20 glow sticks hanging from him, and Jason tossed him, you know, uh, 20 yards through the air. And glow sticks kind of fell off him as he flew through the sky. I kind of like that. <laughs> I, I mean, if if I had to pick a favorite death, I would probably say Trey. Yeah. Like, just right at the beginning. Just the whole, you know, like, he's already dead after you're done stabbing him, like, eight times with your machete. But then you just trip the bed and watch him just get his spine snapped as he's bent, he's going, you know, as he's bent backwards. That was probably my favorite one. Yeah, that that was the, I don't know, the best one in terms of I don't know, pain or outside the box or whatever. I like that one. That was a good one. Characters all sucked. I got the list up, but I mean, none of them. I don't know. Well, and I, I do know that uh, Evangeline Lilly was one of the extras for this movie. She was one of the high school students. You saw her for a quick moment. And I'm pretty sure... That there was a second uh, famous person that was an extra who's an unnamed character in this, but he's not listed on IMDb. I'm pretty sure that it was Dan Fogler. Interesting. Good eye. I did not notice at all. He's the guy that dumped the beer on Linderman when he first got to the party. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't look at that and tell me look at him and hear him talk and tell me that that is not Dan Fogler. Like that <laughs> just is that just is Dan Fogler. <laughs> Well, I'll go with uh, if that's true. I'm going to go with Evangeline Lilly as my favorite character from this movie. <laughs> the Wasp. Yeah, yep. She, she survived Freddy versus Jason. I saw the potential in that brief glimpse of her in Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> I just noticed this says Wes Craven is at least a co-writer. He probably bailed early too, because <laughs> <laughs> there's like three writers listed. So there's. Wes Craven wrote the title. <laughs> yeah, right. I want Probably. writing credits. I created this character. I want writing credits. I wrote. I came up with the title. I don't know what's worse, like just the generic, you know, characters and names of this one, or the wacky, stupid names of Jason X. <laughs> um, I think the, I think the generic, stupid names. 
in this one were were worse. Because, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, you look at where names have gone from when we were kids to what people are naming their kids now. Yeah. You can definitely see it, again, 400 years in the future going to where it has been. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is just, you know, Will, Kim, Lori, just as vanilla as you can get. No, 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 even like no last names or anything like that. Like that, that's the biggest thing, you know, like they just only have first names. Like how are you supposed to buy into a character when you only have a first name? Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, you know, I mean, if they, if, if Luke Skywalker was just known as Luke for the entire Star Wars trilogy, would, would that have built the character at all? For sure. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> you know, I mean, okay, we're gonna be, we're gonna we're gonna create this entire horror series about this character, and his name's just gonna be Freddy. Yeah. Or or, just or Jason. Jason. <laughs> just Jason. You know, like there's Cher. no there's no Jason Voorhees. Nothing. It's just Jason. And is that gonna be interesting to people? No. Yeah. Kruger and uh, Voorhees are iconic. You know, even oh. Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, <laughs> even Tommy Jarvis is memorable because he's got a last name. <laughs> Telepathic Tina. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, Sorry. I don't know. any uh, final Te- final thoughts on this one? Telekinetic Tina. Sorry, <laughs> she can move things with her mind. She can't read people's thoughts. Yeah, get it right. I know. I'm a fucking asshole because I got it wrong. Comic fandom will uh, grind their teeth when they hear that. <laughs> they can leave. They can leave comments. Tell me yep. how wrong I am. They're welcome. Welcome to leave comments. As long as they leave donations too, they can yep. comment on whatever they want. Same with anything. If Freddie's glove has a, a proper name, go for it. Let us know. <laughs> uh, I would say yeah. This was a gigantic pile of junk that should never have been made um but since it was made it was i i mean it, it was it was entertaining to watch um but it was not anything that i would go out of my way to watch again like no. even if even if i was just flipping through the channels and saw this on tv i would probably not stop and watch it it is not the fugitive yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's not even uh, Uncle Buck or Great Outdoors. No, nowhere near. Although it did get a five point seven on IMDb, which is uh, higher than a lot of these get. Uh, I'm I'm guessing though that, that that's again probably just you know nostalgia of, of of things like I can't imagine that the quality of that film was worthy of a five point seven. Well, and I think, I guess I don't know if this is true. I think newer things probably do a little bit better because it just eliminates the whole, you know, camera quality and that sort of thing from the equation. Yeah, I I would not doubt that, too. Oh, man, here I am. I'm 20 years old watching a 40-year-old movie. Man, these special effects suck. Why didn't they have good special effects back then? Right. I'm sure the younger people... Sure, they skew that way. 
Yeah. Oh, and and how many how many older people do you know that fill out actual like movie reviews? Right. Because I'll I'll tell you, I can tell you on one hand the amount of movie reviews or ratings or anything like that that I have done for movies, <clears throat> and it makes a big fat zero just like this. Yeah. Zero. Same here. Same here. Well, I guess we'll I guess we can put that to a test, right? When we watch the uh, the final edition of Friday the Thirteenth. From uh, 2009, so I guess uh, still pretty modern, at least in my books, I consider that modern. <laughs> yeah, that's very that's very modern. The 2009 remake of yeah, the original Friday the Thirteenth. Yep, it's. Uh, I I don't know what to expect from this one because I. Well, here's the here's the description on IMDb. A group of young adults visit a boarded-up campsite named Crystal Lake, where they soon encounter the mysterious Jason Voorhees. And his deadly intentions. Do you know? Is this a reboot? It was. I believe it was supposed to be a reboot, but they seem like they have rebooted into part two. Sure. Because Jason didn't do any killing in part one. It was all his mom. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm excited said, for this one. Should have said that before. Sorry, sorry, I missed the spoiler alert. That now they know. A movie that's forty-two years old. Yeah, it's all his mother. This one I'm excited for. I uh, I also found they have it on. I think it's Tubi. You can watch this one for free on Tubi. Okay, nice. So we don't have to spend more money on this pile of garbage. <laughs> yeah, or it might be Pluto. It's one of the two that we've used before. It's it's for free on. All right. I know they they didn't have it for a while, but maybe with the months changing, they they have added it now. So yeah, I'll, ac- I'll accept it. Right, right. I'll gladly have it rotate into uh, someone's turn, so we can uh, avoid paying two ninety nine. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I don't know anything uh, anything else going on in life. Oh yeah, you you guys had the uh, the big tournament. Fill the, fill us in on that. The the two headed booster draft. Uh, well. Uh, we ended up drafting, so we split the box four ways, so nine packs per person. We ended up doing a draft out of first, out of six packs. So everybody opened six of their packs, you know, and passed the cards around and picked them. We decided that the other three packs were going to be put into the prize pool. Winners got four packs apiece. Losers got two packs apiece. So essentially, the people who lost the game lost one pack nothing nothing too major there okay uh i ended up drafting red black blue uh and Russ, you guys did commander we we did we did 50 we did 50 card minimum deck 50 life two headed giant okay so brian and i ended up on a team russ and and chuck ended up on a team uh, Chuck drafted red, green, white. Russ drafted blue and white. Brian drafted green and white. And I ended up with red, black, blue. Um, I opened up an Obnixilis in the first pack that we were drafting. <laughs> okay. But I didn't. So I, I ended up with a Planeswalker, but I didn't draw it during the game. Um the, <laughs> The, ga- the game was uh, 
the the game was actually pretty one sided, but for Chuck and Russ, you played uh, best of one. Yeah, we played a best of one since okay. we wanted to get some actual commander games in as well. Um, so it ended up being uh, Chuck and Russ ended up winning. I forget what life they were at, but we really had a had a difficult time uh, dealing with the stupid tap effects that that they ended up having for most stuff. And uh, Chuck also opened a Titan of Industry, which is a 7-7 trampler that has, uh, you get to choose two of three effects when it comes into play. And (laughs) it it costs seven mana, but it's a 7-7 trampler. It also puts a 4-4 token into play. You put a shield counter on it, or you, uh, I believe it's destroying an artifact or enchantment. So you get to pick two of those, and uh, (laughs) that makes it very difficult to kill. Yeah. And so I actually did manage to kill it, but it took two different removal spells that I had to kill, and... That was really like the only um, really bomb, you know, bomb type creature that there was. Like I had a, I had a couple of four fours. Um, Brian had a had a four five. I had a four five. You know, but just anything that we were able to play, they were either able to just basically make it so they couldn't block or you know, tap it or kill it, and, and it just was a was a slow, grindy death. And then we played a few games of Commander uh, that I don't know. I mean, it was it was a fun afternoon, but uh, Brian and I definitely got the better end of the prize packs. So. <laughs> The packs that we lost, we gave them first pick of the of the packs. We took what was left, and and we definitely got better the better end of that. So even though we lost <laughs> one pack to each of them, uh, we ended up coming out ahead because of the sure. the prize packs. That's the way it rolls. That's the way it can roll for sure. Definitely do it again, probably with the. I, I don't know that we'll do it with streets again, but I would definitely do it again with like Dominaria United or pretty much any set. I mean, I always have fun drafting, and if we can find decently priced boxes like that, I'd definitely go go in on that. Yeah, I always love drafting. That's one of my favorite favorite modes besides just casual play. <clears throat> I know you said you had comedy and had, got got to essentially meet the world's tallest or the 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 U.S.'s tallest woman during a comedy show. <laughs> that was the highlight of that night, man. The uh, the headliner, the headliner. I won't. Uh, I won't even say his name because I've seen him before, and I, I was. Uh, I'm just not a fan. <laughs> okay. He's been through here before. I am not a big fan. He wasn't any better, but I won't. Uh, I won't trash him on here because. <laughs> sure. We're all trying. We're all yeah. trying to get funny. You know, and, and comedy is kind of like music, right? Everybody's got different tastes. So as long as some audience people find him funny, then uh, he's got a place in the comedy world to keep on chugging. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, not everybody thinks we're funny, but we have been getting more. For listens. sure. <laughs> I am hosting again, though. I'm hosting uh, this Saturday night at Dublin. So, you know, sometimes at the door, I've been getting more opportunities to host lately. So that's that's at least a lot of fun. Gradually moving up the totem pole. Yeah, you'll be headlining soon enough. <laughs> It'll be hard. I got to get a lot more material, but uh, that's the dream. Yeah, whatever. Life is material. Yeah, right. Got to get a uh, lot more dick and fart jokes into my repertoire. Well, that works, too. Yeah. So you went to visit a bog, though, too. <laughs> we did. Saturday, or no, Sunday, uh, we made a, made a combo trip. I wanted to scout out some potential venues to uh, produce a show, because I've been putting on shows. And Caitlin wanted to just get out and see nature. So we stopped at the, let me get it right, Sax Zim Bog, which is uh, a nice bog if you like bogs. A lot of swampy terrain. Cedar bog. Yeah, yeah. Bugs. Um, although if you hit the Sax Zim Bog, go to Augie's Bog Trail. <laughs> and at the end of Augie's Bog Trail, there are free hand-carved wooden owls just as a reward to making it there. Which is uh, pretty awesome, because they're not low-quality owls. These are high-quality hand-carved owls. They're going to have to make a whole bunch more now that we <laughs> that, that they've been mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Now that they're mentioned on our podcast, they're going to uh, sell out of free owls pretty quickly. Bog Raiders, we'll call them. <laughs> For you hardcore magic fans. Erg Raiders of the bog, <laughs> the bog imps. Did you you didn't didn't see any bog imps? No bog imps. That was one of my favorite creatures. Three mana for a one one flyer, just garbage nowadays. But <laughs> it was garbage back then too. <laughs> I just like the picture. Sure, the art art quality never changes, but yeah, the 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 card quality was always garbage. And the flavor text was something about it's like. Blood covered its muck crusted claws, something like that. I used to love that card. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah, there's not really much else going on here. I got a pretty easy weekend of doing nothing coming up. Probably watched the, the second Vikings preseason game. I did watch the entire first one on, on Sunday. So this week we got Saturday afternoon at 6 p.m. I caught bits and pieces of the first one, but uh, not enough to draw any conclusions. Well, nobody important played anyway. Yeah, true. I mean, they they played the offensive, they played the starting offensive line for the first drive of the game, and that was it. <laughs> so after that, nobody nobody, uh, you know, I mean, none of the starters played. I mean, there's there's definitely important people that played, but. No, no starters played. Yeah, which I can see. It's a waste of time to play your starters in a preseason game. Yeah, it's certainly the first one. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get on uh, Brian to to look for more drafting opportunities and plan a plan a time. 
Yeah, Pretty hopefully I can make the next one, man. That sounds awesome. And he's he's always got his eye on uh, discount booster boxes. So yeah, <laughs> hopefully next one I can make it there. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, we will be, uh, I guess, yeah, that's pretty much all we've got. We've been recording for an hour and a half now. Uh, so uh, let's wrap this turd up and send it out for uh, <laughs> publishing, I guess. So <laughs> here we are signing off of episode 30 of the Beauty and DeGeast podcast where we watch movies so you don't have to bye folks